On September 20th of this year, Vermonters rallied in support of the global climate strike across the state. Over 2,000 people crowded Main Street in Burlington, many holding signs reading things like, we strike for climate action now, our planet is not your profit, and the climate is changing. Are you? Standing before City Hall, I was engulfed by a sea of young faces that wore looks of defiance and voices that sang. As I looked around me, I noticed how many young people had put school on hold for this event, how many elementary, middle, and high schoolers held their handmade signs with pride, and I wondered how have these young Vermonters turned into such budding climate leaders? They have that urgency, and, and I am amazed at how aware and urgent they want to make change. They're on it. Even high schoolers are like, yeah, we realize like it's, it's, it's now or never. That's Rhonda Mace, also known as Recycle Rhonda of Chittenden Solid Waste District. Rhonda visits schools across Chittenden County to educate kids about why taking care of our planet is vital for the future. I love working with the kids because like even kindergartners can come up with like great ideas. And her beaks are sharp. There's brilliant little minds that are not tainted yet and run down with the negative, negative, negative. And I always try to, you know, accent the positives because they they have a lot of power welcome to mud season a podcast that cuts through the mud i'm your host leah kelleher and today we are talking about vermont as a leader in environmental education how are vermont youth already tackling important environmental issues and what role does our educational system play in all of this i spoke to two vermont educators to find out Your blue bin. Think it's just another place to put your household waste? Think again. The things you put in this blue bin are actually valuable resources that are about to embark on an amazing journey we call recycling. Plastics pollution is like all the craze. And they're just like, stop all the plastics. And I'm like, well, you have the power because you don't have to want stuff made of plastic. And, and I try to put it back on them. I put the ownership on them because I'm like, it is about reducing and reusing, and then we can recycle, but not everything's recyclable. Your toys, they're not recyclable. They're reusable. And do you really need that, you know, plastic toy? If plastic is your passion to get rid of it, then think of the things that you can do right now, even as a kindergartner, and say no to one thing. After visiting Summit Street School, Rhonda challenged students to become more conscious consumers and to limit their plastic use. They had straws in their cafeterias, and I made the kindergartners take the no straw challenge. And so they had to go without using a straw, and some of them forgot, and some of them didn't want to do it, and it's fine. Some of them, like, were like, yeah. I was out at a restaurant, and I was sitting down, and this little girl is, like, starts slumping in her seat. And her dad's like, it's okay. And she's like, I don't want her to see me. And I, like, turned around, and I was like, oh. I was like, hey, buddy. To know her name, but I recognized her, and I was like, hey, and she goes, they gave me a straw and I'm like oh honey you don't it's okay don't be sad I was like but at school you can say no I was like sometimes straws are needed especially at your age 
I was licking with those little snappy lid cups. Like, how else are you going to drink that? I was like, the straw is fine. Don't feel badly. I was like, we just got to make sure it makes it to the trash can. And once it fits there, we're fine. We're golden. Another parent told Rhonda about her preschooler's enthusiasm to recycle properly. I did an assembly at a school and she came up to me and she was like, my kid came home from preschool and was like, mom, you can't put that in the recycle bin. It's smaller than a squirrel's head. And she's like, I looked at him like, what are you talking about? And he goes, that's what Recycle Rhonda says. Young Vermonters' eagerness to save the planet only grows as they age. They wrote persuasive letters and this one kid chose to write a persuasive letter to Ramonto's Pizza in Williston and asked them to stop using straws. And Ramonto sent them a letter back and said, we will look into it. And I can happily report that they no longer have plastic straws and they give straws only on request and they're compostable straws. But where is all this enthusiasm for saving the planet coming from? I think it's home and I think it's school. That makes me very happy and it shows that our education system is working inside the school and outside the school. And if they don't get it at home, they're bringing it home. I think that Vermont is in the forefront, and the teachers I work with are amazing. One of these teachers is Sage Ryan, an elementary educator who works at the private Burlington Forest Preschool at the Ethan Allen Homestead. Sage believes that teachers can play a key role in building relationships between children and the environment. I have presented at a few conferences about the teacher's role. We always start out our presentation by asking, like, what's your earliest play memory? And we just give a few seconds, and then we ask, please raise your hand if your earliest play memory is outside. And about 80% of people will raise their hand because those are the times often for people where they felt independence, they felt free, they felt connected to a greater thing, and those are the things that stick. What is your first play memory? Was it outside? At the Burlington Forest Preschool, Sage builds curriculum that focuses on free play and exploration outside the walls of the classroom. Space, fresh air, also interactions with living things that aren't other humans, but maybe box elder beetles in Vermont or daddy long legs or chipmunks or squirrels. And I see it everywhere, outdoor classrooms. It seems so... We should have been doing this all along. Getting away from the books, getting away from the industrial classroom and getting the kids out there and connecting them to the thing that provides life for them. We did a lot of foraging at the beginning of the year and now children and families have come back to us and said, you know, my kid is telling me that this sumac is edible and it's amazing. He can go out and find the sumac and starts eating it and it's safe and it's amazing that he can identify that. They're all really, really curious and interested about being outside and interacting with natural materials and things. So if you can just find a way to like open the door, literally, for them to go out and play freely in nature and not necessarily, I mean, any time outside is good, but not necessarily on like a, a built structure or a playground, but like play freely in unbuilt spaces. They want to build those relationships with trees, insects, chipmunks, grass, anything that they can get their hands on. From these relationships with the world around them, the ability to feel empathy blossoms, not only for other human beings, but for other species as well. That, I can tell, is being taught 
in a lot of schools. Just that love of each other, love of the space that we have, respect for all of the critters out there, big and small. During one outing with her students, a child came up to Sage with something special to tell her. They were really excited to tell me, do you know what, do you know what? I just kissed this worm. The teacher's disposition could make or break that moment. I could have said, ew, we don't kiss worms, throw that back in the dirt. There's all kinds of germs on there that we don't want in your mouth. Or I could say, wow, I wonder what it's like for a worm to get kissed by a human. I bet your head looked huge in the worm's eyes. Help them build off of that experience. That was something that she was really excited about and she wanted to share and she had no shame or second thought about it. To collaborate with her in that moment, I thought, you clearly have a positive relationship with worms. <laughs> and you know, maybe later we talk about why we try to keep dirt in the ground instead of in our mouths or things like that. But in that moment, I felt like it was important as the educator to support what she was trying to do, which was connect with this other living thing and give it sort of some affection that a human would want. Why wouldn't the worm want it too, you know? That is one way that children build empathy. They build it by accidentally stepping on a daddy long legs and then talking about what happens to that daddy long legs now. And maybe that daddy long legs was going back to its family and that probably didn't feel good on its body. And so the opportunities to build those skills with other living things other than humans or peers or teachers is so valuable. Beyond Sage's classroom, Vermont public school curriculums are emphasizing the importance of teaching science in a way that applies to the real world and strengthens student-nature connections. A great example of this is Vermont's adoption of the Next Generation Science Standards, a science-focused educational framework that aims to improve students' capacity for problem-solving while also developing well-rounded citizens who care about the welfare of other species but they have a lot about human impact, a lot about sustainability at all the different levels. Rhonda addresses these standards when she's teaching composting and recycling workshops in Chittenden County schools. When the standards were first implemented in 2013, Rhonda was very excited. So, you know, I'm looking at these standards and coming from of the world of a scientist, I have a little different perspective than science teachers that aren't necessarily a trained scientist. So I'm like, guys, we could be doing this, and we could be doing that. Sage took advantage of this versatility during her student teaching in Vermont public schools. I could go outside with the kids who only got 20 minutes of recess and go outside for an hour at the end of the day where they would normally be having you know, choice time inside and allow them to play freely and then go to my teacher binder and check off that all of these standards were met because it's such a rich and diverse environment out there that you just can't create inside. It makes my job much more enjoyable as someone who can spend the entire day outside with children in joy and in wonder and easier because all of these state standards that teachers are required to meet and often find challenging to meet or challenging to build curriculum around are really easily met when you are outside. One of the next-gen standards that I was talking about and working with was 
life cycles, like the life cycle of a plant or a flower, you could buy all of the material to grow plants in your classroom, 20 plants or however many students you have, and every day go back to them and watch in their little plastic container how they grow. But how amazing is it to be able to not spend the money on any of that stuff as an educator on an educator's salary and go outside and see a sugar maple tree that's native to Vermont grow, lose its leaves, grow their leaves back you know, be a home for birds and nests and squirrels and all of the things that come with watching a tree grow. Nature is such a great teacher. It kind of makes, I like to say, it makes my job easier because it's already there for us to explore and interact with. And then it's great to bring things from nature and our space outside back into our classroom and create this like hybrid environment The Next Generation Science Standards make sure that all Vermont students are learning about sustainability, biodiversity, and the importance of ecosystem health, while also giving teachers the flexibility to engage students with nature outside the classroom windows. In a time of such great environmental uncertainty, it's crucial that young generations build empathy for all living creatures and learn skills that will make them better environmental stewards. These minds are being molded. How are we shaping this newest generation of brains to take charge and feel inclined to protect and conserve the world around them? It's instinct to want to protect things that you have a good relationship with and that you have found some personal connection to. And I always tell the kids, I'm like, I'm sorry, my generation messed it all up. But you guys get the great challenge of cleaning up our mess. Kids today here in Vermont are going to be incredible leaders and role models. These are the next leaders, and we want them to be passionate about solving and saving the planet. And I always tell them, like, that people listen to you because you're cute and adorable. They don't listen to me. That's why you're my boots on the ground. You're the change makers. I'm just like building my little crew to get out there and spread the word. You have been listening to Mud Season, presented by the Center for Research on Vermont. If you're studying Vermont, either as a profession or a hobby, consider applying for membership with the Center for Research on Vermont. It will cost you nothing and will keep you up to date with the latest Vermont research, as well as future podcast episodes. I'm Leah Kelleher, and this has been Mud Season. See you next time!